Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome, everyone, to the 328th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Reza, I got a, I got a long story to tell you. All right. I'm Sit a, back, relax, in. kick your feet up, settle in, All right. settle in. Uh, Carolyn and I, we got on an airplane. We we got on an airplane and we flew to Vegas. Uh, Is that why? your first time in Vegas? No, no, no. Been? I've been to Vegas many okay. times. Gotcha. Um, many times. Wow, look at you. Many times. Well, I remember I used to uh, I used to live in San Diego, so my parents would drive to Vegas many times. I, I, um, I imagine Vegas as a child is very different than Vegas as an adult. Vegas as a child back then, dude, arcades were lit. I'll really? say that. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. They had right. some full-on arcades, but wow. you know my parents. My, my dad was playing the slots. <laughs> my dad my dad always came home with some money in his pocket playing slots. He, he was good Anyways, at the slots, yeah. He was good at the slots. So uh, we we actually went to Zion National Park uh, out in Utah. My, my, um, Jew, my brother just came back from there. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like... I, I'm not sure exactly how long ago he was there, but he was there within the, within a few weeks ago, within the last okay. few weeks. Yeah. Well, well, good word travels fast, I'll say. Um, so the point was to fly to Vegas because Vegas is like the closest airport for us. Right. Um, and you can also fly into Salt Lake. I just think it's a little bit further of a drive. Um, but we flew into Vegas and we picked up a Mustang as part of the... Uh, the Experience. rental car at Avis. Yeah. And when I got in, this car looked big, dude. I had ne- I have never driven a Mustang before. Now, mind you, we our flight was like five o'clock or something. So we left the apartment at two. We got there. We sat in the lounge for a little bit, and you know, uh, there was a wingtips lounge, Terminal Four, JFK. All the food there is individually wrapped and there are employees there that basically you tell them what you want they go in the back they grab it for you you know okay. it's very different than what it used to be which is just yeah, like yeah. You, you know grab and go you, right. you know it's like yeah no so I, I was just at a hotel a, like that the other, um, the other yeah. day yeah, uh, when we came back from yeah. Florida same thing there yeah yeah that's how they do like their continental breakfast nowadays right yep exactly yeah uh, we had the same experience so we, we land at like 8 o'clock, and then we pick up the Mustang. We actually drive to this place called Winco, which is their local 24-hour like grocery store. It's a mix between a Costco and a regular grocery store. It's the size of Costco. It's open 24 hours. We walked in. We, like, we grabbed a loaf of bread, some peanut butter, some jelly. I got like a pound of roast turkey. We got a ton of like – you know, I got a ton of uh, – uh, like uh, yeah, granola bars uh, and all that stuff. And then we wanted to get food. We were actually looking to get dinner in Vegas. Uh, originally, we were contemplating the idea of like, do we want to just like spend the night in Vegas? But neither of us really were in the mood to gamble per se. <laughs> yeah. And so like, you know, let's just drive on. So I drove, it was a two and a half hour drive and what was awesome is you're driving on I-15, 
you're driving on I-15 east out of uh, Las Vegas into, you know, through Arizona briefly into Utah. And it was like a 132 mile drive, but it was one of those things where the GPS was like, for 110 of those miles, you're on one road. Yep. And, yep, it's, yep. Uh, and it's amazing. It's like a two lane highway all the way. I mean, in Vegas, it's awesome. It's just like a six laner each way. Uh, so technically five lane with an HOV in uh, both ways. But uh, we were like very, very quickly one of the only cars leaving Vegas. You know, everyone was driving into Vegas. Um, we were the only ones driving out. And so it was really easy to like settle in. Uh, Mustang drives real smooth, dude. The pickup on this thing is insane. It's a heavy car, but like super stable on the roads and also in the bad it's got really good roads um got some good downforces is that yeah. uh so, so like it's drastically different drive than uh than your car yeah it also just had much better like sound insulation so mm. we could like have the music down much lower ours is like a little bit loud on the highway i see um this thing also had uh cruise con- like a uh, cruise control and uh do you drive a lot with cruise control no almost never actually can you do cruise control in a manual? Yes, um, because yeah, yeah. Because when you're when you're if you're if you're driving like on a highway and you're able to do cruise control, you're almost certainly never going to be shifting. So like, get up to like sixty or sixty five degrees, and you're just you're just I'm locked out at um in sixth gear, and I don't shift at all. Then, um, so yeah. The only I time see. the only time I do use cruise control is if I'm driving like on a long distance and I just want to give my foot just like a little bit of of a, of a break, um, but otherwise I'm usually yeah. always in control um, on that on that end. Yeah, same here. Um, so I'm like I'm like zooming right. I'm doing like 75, 80 because the average speed limit out there is 75, which is awesome. No tolls, by the way, between Nevada, nice. Arizona, Utah. Yeah. We were wow. at the uh, the Avis uh, like counter, and we were making friends with a woman. She goes, you know, because we asked for the uh, the Easy Pass thing to go. You don't need Easy Pass out here. We don't collect tolls. I go, oh, nice. you, you guys don't collect tolls. He goes, we also don't have income tax. If y'all want to think about moving out, <laughs> she's like, I have a four bedroom, two car garage, home, <laughs> right? Yeah, thousand bucks a month. This dude's really also, trying to sell you. All right, and she was also like, "If you work at Avis, there's a chance that you can work your way up." And people like, she's like, "People work at Avis twenty years, helping people get their cars, never want to leave. There's an opportunity for you to make a hundred thousand dollars doing this." Wow. She goes, "Also, it's a union job. I didn't know this was there were Teamsters for Avis." Jeez. Um, anyway, she was doing the hard sell, um, but yeah. she was she was really she was really nice. Um, and so we're driving, we're driving, we're driving. We get to Arizona. And at a certain point, because it's, like, super dark out, and also there's a, a time zone play, so once you get into, like, Utah, the, it goes forward an hour. So we actually didn't get to the hotel till about, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Wow. But there's a drive in between Arizona and Utah where all of a sudden it goes less from 75 miles per hour to, like, 55, which is a pretty big difference. Yeah. And the road grade starts to go up, and I'm like, "What's happening?" Caroline goes, "Put on your high beams." Next thing you know, I put my high beams on. It's a massive mountain I'm driving through. 
I'm like, oh, I should probably slow down. I don't know the roads out here. <laughs> and it was just crazy because, like, locals are, like, speeding past me on these roads, right? Yeah. But you can just, you can clearly, not really clearly, but you can, like, see, like, this faint outline of, like, mountains around you. And you're like, oh, my goodness. This is insane. But we slowly drive. We slowly drive. We make it to the town of uh, Virgin, Utah, which is two towns outside of Zion. The town that Zion National Park sort of is nestled in is called Spring Springdale. Okay. And so the first day we're like, all right, you know what? Uh, Carolyn found this itinerary. We were going for our 30th birthday. Um, I was like, all right, first day, wake up a little bit later, get a feel for the place, not do anything crazy. So we woke up at like 8 o'clock, I want to say. The drive from our Fairfield Inn and Suites um, to the front of the park is literally it's a it's a one lane road each way right and there's a couple of like ghost towns around us which i found out later but it's a one lane road there's a couple of areas where like for the next like two miles you can pass each other the outside view is already looking like mars it's super dope we get there and it's like oh shit we got to the like line to get in at around 10 and there was like, a massive backup of cars because it's a one laner each way right, right. and even though it's a technically a connected highway, because you could drive through, like Zion's open 24 hours a day. You could drive through Zion to go to Bryce. And we uh, we get there, we're like slowly making our way through. It gets, us, it gets to us and we, uh, we buy a ticket. It's like a seven day pass, like 35 bucks. And then we pull into their parking lot and we realize that their parking lot, it's like, super full and we're just driving around trying to wait for people to pull in pull out some people get lucky we didn't so we're like all right you know what let's just stop wasting time here let's just park in town now imagine one town along this uh like this town is basically cut in half by this one road and they have these parking zones some of them are by the side of the road some of these little parking lots and like there's an a zone a b zone and i think that's it but we kept driving back because it was like already 10 a.m. And pro tip, national parks are the kind of places where people wake up like stupid early to get out there, right? Yeah. So yep. 10 a.m. is we're already like five hours behind everybody. Yeah. Like, no joke. And so we actually ended up parking almost three miles from the front of the park. Wow. We parked in like the last area that you could – not really the last area you could park in, but like we were one of the last cars. So we parked – I paid 15 bucks to uh, park there for like nine hours. They only check parking, I think, from like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And after that, they don't care. Because uh, they realized like after five, most people are either out or whatever. And we just walked. It took us about an hour to walk into the park. That's nuts. The first day. I yeah. can't believe it took you an hour to get into the park. Yeah, on foot, right? Now, they have a shuttle, but they're the, yeah. the, uh, the traffic was so bad. It was like, you know, we'll probably make it faster on foot. And the first day we did uh, the Emerald Pools hike, um, we took a, a shuttle. Now, during COVID, right, they only allow shuttle transport in the park. You have to get shuttle tickets online. They open shuttle tickets for the month that you want, 30 days beforehand. So, Caroline, it's almost like you trying to get a PS5, right? Like, you wait for that moment. It's a clock strikes noon. Yep. Everyone force refreshes. Yep. Everyone's getting the the spinny circle, and everybody and fails. Everybody fails. Only Thankfully, the bots get it. Only the bots get it. Carolyn got us a ticket for noon on the first day, and then we got one for ten o'clock the second day, 
and seven o'clock for our final day. So we progressively got early and earlier. And so the first day I was like, all right, you know what? We're not going to do any of the crazy hikes because it's already too late. And it's like either too busy or too warm. So why don't we just take the uh, shuttle bus up into like what they call the lodge, just like a hotel in there that you can stay at. And there's a couple of emerald, uh, there's a couple of uh, hikes that are connected that aren't too bad. So we did that. The shuttles themselves historically had twice as many rows. They took them all out for COVID. So it's like 50% capacity. And also you can no longer stand because they have like those like, you know, like the straps in the bus that you can hold on to. Yeah. Um, you're not allowed to do that either. So you have to Jeez. go during the only hour. So like if you have a 12 o'clock bus ticket, you can only ride the bus from the visitor center from 12 to 1. If you miss it, you miss it. Um, they don't allow you up after that. You're allowed to like go in between stops once you're in the park. But essentially if you start your journey, you have a one hour window. And they said they did that to prevent, you know, uh, congestion from COVID, but also just to have it so that there's not that many cars driving around in the park, which pretty, I guess in some sense, it's, uh, it's pretty good. So we get, we get off at Zion, we go to the bathroom. Now, I will say this, Zion National Park is very, very, very well maintained. There are bathrooms, like fully structured bathrooms. It's not like, you know, you've, I don't know if you've done hikes, like when Carolyn and I went to Acadia, up in Maine, some of the bathrooms on these hikes are like a wooden structure with a hole in the ground, and yep. just like just Trash. squat. It's like, you, you, right, you, you get used to that, right? You're like, all right, yeah. you know, we're out, in, we're out in nature. This is what it is. Thankfully, yeah. you got a door. You just um, do what you got to do. Just do what you got to do, right? But here, it's like there's plumbing, there's AC, there's covers, there's like water everywhere because you're in the desert. So I always felt really comfortable that like you could go to the bathroom, literally like in multiple like named spots there's like water for you everywhere um they don't sell bottled water in the park they only sell like empty uh like containers for you to fill up at all their water stations um we get to the uh so we get the zion lies that's where the start of the emerald pools is there's a lower pool a middle pool and upper pool it's basically just like the way that there's like either algae or something in the water when the waterfall hits eastern areas the water is green that's why they call it emerald pools um so we, we hiked the lower to the middle to the upper. We had lunch and then we came back down and then we like walked around and then we sort of like called it a day for the first day. Um, we basically left the park at five. We got dinner in town and we drove back. We're like, you know what? We had a long night to get here. This was like a, just enough physical exertion to like be cool, you know? And then we went back, we showered and then we're like, all right, tomorrow, which is like our first full day in the park. And this was, I believe, Tuesday. Uh, we got there. So we got there Saturday. So Sunday, Monday. Yeah, yeah. So this was uh, Sunday. So Monday was going to be our first full day. And we were going to do the Narrows. Um, we were looking at like how we to plan stuff. And we realized that we didn't want to do a hike in a river at 7 a.m. Because it would be too cold. Zion was like anywhere between like low 40s to mid 50s in the morning you just don't want to be in the water at that point so we decided if, uh instead of originally doing it the last day we do it the middle day so we actually said all right you know what? we're gonna wake up stupid early we're gonna hit up our continental breakfast where like you said there's people that like hand you stuff and there's a limit to how much food you can get so i'm standing there like let me get a yogurt a banana a cup of coffee um, we ate a little bit. We drove out of the uh, 
it took us 20 minutes to get to the design. We left at like seven and we were, we got one of the final free parking spots. There's 450 free parking spots apparently um, inside the park, like primo spots, right? And they say there's about like 5,000 cars minimum that visit the park every day. So you give you a sense of like what wow. the parking situation is like. Yeah. Now, now that I know that like design is 24 hours, like when you go in there and you realize like, oh, people have just been driving. Cause like they don't even check your tickets before I want to say like eight o'clock AM. So before eight o'clock, you can just drive right in. They don't even check your ticket and you can like, you're off. Um, so a lot of people had already parked and started their day. We were going to do the Narrows, and that's like I said. I mean, you must have seen pictures from Majub, right? Like hiking in not the yet. river. Not yet. He actually hasn't posted them yet. He said that he's okay. Well, yeah. So not yet. Gotcha. So the so the Narrows is one of the most famous hikes in America. You're essentially hiking through a slot canyon with an active river going through it. Now you and I have hiked stuff in the past, right? Yeah. And we haven't hiked in a river, but you know that like nope. you you've like walked around in rivers before. Rocks are pretty slick. With like regular <laughs> shoes. Yeah. Um, so we actually hit up this place called Zion Outfitters. It's like this little company right at the front of the park. You seriously cannot miss it. And you can rent like the big hiking sticks. You can rent waterproof shoes and neoprene socks. You can also, if you ain't feeling like getting wet, basically wear like the, you can wear the uh, the waterproof like fly fishing overalls that go like up to your neck in a sense, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, it's, like, well, it's like what the crab people uh crabbers wear um on the boats or on deli sketch um and so we were like you know what we kind of want to like get a feel for like you know get a little bit wet like hike through where like the water comes up to your waist or whatever and um we were told that the water that day was moving at 30 cubic feet per minute or per second rather and that was considered really low on average it's a little bit higher than that they say in super rainy season the most it's ever been recorded at was 9,000 cubic feet. And like, so obviously on a rainy day, the narrows are closed because it's a slot canyon. People will drown in seconds, right? Yeah. Um, just because you, know, you imagine like it's a slot canyon, there's oh, yeah. a river going through it. Water levels are sort of squeezed up and people, people die and people die every year doing this. Um, when there's like hiking the narrows when they shouldn't be or whatever. So we decided great day. It was going to be like, 89 degrees in the sun water was like a 58 59 degrees perfect day to be in the water so you take the shuttle up to the uh to the last stop it's called the temple of sinawaba you get off it's about a mile hike super paved super easy mile hike to the beginning of the river and then you just walk in the river and you can probably walk i think the whole quote-unquote like official part of the trail in the river and it forks at a certain point but it's about i think like six to eight miles you can keep going it gets a little unmarked at a certain point you're sort of like in backcountry but uh we were doing it we had a blast dude there was a couple points where the water came up to like our, our mid chest nothing wow, we had seen really? videos of people literally swimming in the river but that was also because of like snowfall melting and the river being a lot higher uh and so we were like we were prepared essentially to like swim in the river at certain points but it never got that deep you yeah. could go to places where the water was a little bit deeper but we were just like you know it was fine it, yeah. the shoes 100 percent recommend the neoprene socks 100 percent recommend because 
The second you step into the river, your feet are going to get wet. Like your shoes are going to get wet, right? But the neoprene sock keeps your feet dry. Your clothes get wet, your clothes get wet, but your feet stay dry. And there's water in between the sock and the shoe. So like you're stepping around, you're feeling, you're sounding like a squeegee. But (laughs) like your feet are super stable. Like the the grip is amazing. so weird. That would probably feel so weird, doesn't it? It it? does. But you get used to it really quickly. And the stick gives you something to like lean on. I saw a lot of people slip and fall because they were doing it without shoes, without the stick. Just like, ain't a time to be cool. You know, just like do. Great call. Just monkey see, monkey do, man. Like you you see everyone (laughs) um, with the stick and you're like, oh, okay, cool. That makes sense. You you can either bring your own hiking poles. We don't have our own hiking poles yet. I think we're we're thinking about getting them. Um, But we also need to get... uh, like way more gear. Like I brought a cloth. But we also brought waterproof bags for this for this trip. So like we brought our cl- extra clothing if we needed it. We put our food. We put we bought these like waterproof cases for our phone. And and so this way at certain points, like when the water got really high, you could see that our bags were floating. Um, and so so that felt you know like we were prepared. And the one thing about the Narrows is it gets really busy. It's like one of the most popular hikes in Zion, which also makes it one of the most popular hikes in America. And it's it gets kind of congested at certain points, but the river can be so wide that you can decide like where to walk. 100% recommended, dude. If you and Lena are ever out there, and you can do it with kids. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, families were bringing their, their young kids, and there's, there is no point where... I don't want to say there's no point. It all I think it all depends on the water level, you know? Like yeah, if the yeah. water level is too high, you know, maybe wait until one is a little bit older. But like I'm telling you, man, like young, young, young kids, like six, five, six year olds are are, are walking in this with their with their parents. So just to give I, you a sense of like the, the relative like uh Right, difficulty of it and all. Difficulty of it. Yeah. Um and so that was awesome. Dude. We we uh, we got to the fork in the road. We we took a right. We climbed a little bit further until there was like no people there. Karen and I sat down, had lunch, and then we uh, we walked it all the way back and uh, got to the end of the day. We found this great restaurant called the Spotted Dog uh, Restaurant, which I highly recommend if you're ever there. Um, there uh, Springdale is also a very vegan, vegetarian, gluten free friendly area. I'll say. Um, so like, don't feel like it's just like steak and beans out there. You know, there, there is a steakhouse. <laughs> don't recommend going there. I I didn't go, but the the menu didn't seem like it was all too hot. It's an overpriced meat. Um, but the spotted dog was like gave you enough variation in the menu that it made it seem interesting still. Uh, so that was uh, the second day, and then the third and final day. I'm I'm zooming through this because there's a lot, there's a lot to say. Third day is Angels Landing. Now I think I sent you a video of Angels Landing. Uh, I have a, an immense fear of heights. Um, Me too. <laughs> yeah. Now, you and I have hiked before twice, I'll say. Two main hikes. One hike was in uh, hiking up Christ the Redeemer, right? Now, you and I hiked that because, A, we weren't uh, we weren't going to take the bus. <laughs> um, and it seemed like a cool thing to do. Yeah. Uh, I remember it was interesting that we had to give our information just in case we got pickpocketed. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I don't know. They were what like, they were, they, were, do. they were like, yeah, the people would just be like chilling in the woods and will approach yeah. you and like ask to take your wallet. It's just like yeah. bust out some knives on you and and, yeah, and right. rob you. Like, okay. Now the one this. interesting thing that's why I have my decoy wallet. 
<laughs> do you actually have a decoy wallet? Yeah, my my uh, my my uh, brother he 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 sent me a, a little wallet, and so I kept like I can't remember what the currency was. What what is it? Uh, I don't know. But I, I had a few bucks in there, so like if in the event that we that we got robbed, I had like ten or twenty bucks in there. It would just give that to them. That way, I didn't lose like my credit cards or anything like that. You know. Yeah. yeah. And then that would all go out the window if they like try to pat you down for some reason. Like, give me your phone too. No. Anyway. We uh, the 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 reason why I bring up that uh, that hike is because there's a part where there's a chain, right? And I remember you went first, and you grabbed that chain, and we were essentially walking along the wall sideways, forty five degrees across a tiny ravine. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't high. <laughs> it wasn't high. Like it wasn't like high. You, it was just like just help you get to the top of this little rock right here, more or less. Right. Now, this hike is the highest point of any, like, true hikeable trail in Zion. It's 1,500 feet elevation gain. There's mm. about 20-some uh, switchbacks in the beginning. So you're, you're walking through the desert, um, and you got to do this early. So we took we, – that's why, like, we, we took – this we we did this trail last because we took a seven a.m. shuttle, and we get there. It's still like chilly in the valley floor because the sun hasn't hit the valley yet. Because um, all it's like still being blocked by all the mountains. We hike up like maybe no more than twenty minutes, and I'm like, I gotta take some clothes off. I got I got way <laughs> too many like layers, right? So yeah, you just right. wear a lot of layers. Um, took off some layers and applied some sunscreen. And then we just started doing switchbacks, man. And the elevation gain on this, it's all calf. The the workout is all calf here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get I don't think I'm you know, I don't think I'd be able to do this at, the, at at my current level of fitness of which is, is I think zero. you could. I you think, think you so? could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you could do this part. It's just just take your time, you know, there's no rush. It's like when we were doing uh, Blanca Lake. Right. At a certain point, we're just like, all right, these just cruise. suck. Yeah. Let's we're just not, let's just we're not take sprinting up, but just cruising, right? Just Yeah. Right, and so we get to there's like a, it's like there's a switchback area. There's like three sets of switchbacks on the way up, and then there's like a quiet flat area where like all these owls apparently are nesting. There's a second set of switchbacks, and then we get to the top, and there's this landing I'll say, and it's like right before. The final area, which is you can hike up to this area, you can get a fantastic view of the valley, and you can go home happy. But you're not at the end of the trail because what Angel's Landing is famous for, some might say notorious, is this chain section where and I, I'll try and find. A, let me let me take. I'm searching up uh, photos. Um, to give you a, a sense of like what to expect, but you essentially then climb maybe like another couple hundred feet. There are these chain links. These poles are drilled into the rock. There's chains, but there's like areas where there are no chains, dude. Or there's like a chain on one side and it's open on the other side. Yeah. And it's like 1,500 foot drop to the bottom. People die every year. Two people died this year. Sheesh. Yeah. 
And and what's crazy, not to get onto my soapbox, but there's no permits to do this hike. So anyone can do this hike. And you know how we just went through like uh like a whole um a whole year without talking to strangers? Yeah. Now you have to essentially start communicating with strangers to figure out like, hey, we got 30 people bunching up over here. We're running out of room. Do you mind letting us go? Nah, man, we got to go through because we got room here. We're getting pushed. It's like a lot of communication with people that uh, that you've never met. And you got to just start trusting each other in real time. I'm sending you a photo right now. I'm looking at a video of it right now. Yeah. Dude, this is crazy. I don't know how you did this, man, because if you had... I I li- I couldn't I I don't think I I I know it's it's people you know don't say you can't do something but I don't think I could do this dude I'm looking at these I'm looking at these pictures these, this video right now yeah and uh, it's this is a uh, that's a bit much man that's a so, bit much for me yeah the second photo I just sent you shows you Scout Lookout which is like a, a place where there's like a bathroom you can there's like a ton of like flat areas you can chill and be cool right but right. angel's landing is way higher now you can tell how like the rock formation sort of just like it just zooms straight up right. now like i said there's chains that are like bolted into the rock there's like these poles it's like there's, there's chains all up now i will say this the rocks are super sturdy i i was never afraid of like stepping on something and like the rock giving away i will say that However, there were certain steps that had a lot of sand on them, and you had the boulder a couple of times, like four points of contact, you know, sort of yeah, like sit yeah. on your butt and get down and all that stuff. No, you have a you have a fear of heights, right? Immense, immense. Now, yeah. I wonder if you could do it just from a fear of heights perspective. I think you could do it if you remove the fear of heights. Like if it wasn't like a, if there wasn't a heights part and we were just like holding on the chains or whatever, I right. think from a fitness level, you in your current condition could do it. You're also taller than me, so like I think you could reach a lot more places much more easily. Um, you also don't really have to guess where to put your feet because crazy enough, there's like foot marks everywhere in the rock based on like hundreds of people doing it a day every day, so yeah. you know exactly where to set your feet. But what is crazy is the traffic there are points where you have to like not stand near the edge but like hold on to the chain get out of the way while like people walk past you and that's the the most harrowing part of this it's just yeah. managing traffic through all this that yeah. makes me really uncomfortable like I, I i would get really aggravated because already in that state of just being like i don't feel safe like i don't feel comfortable the way with how i am with how i am just on my own and all of a sudden you have all these people who want to like walk past you or people that you yeah. need to walk past and maybe i need to let go of the chain to get by or vice versa yeah uh yeah that'd be uh that'd be that'd be, that'd be really scary for me man <laughs> yeah i'm sending you some photos to give you a sense of the height um did you ever look down <laughs> I, I did like look impossible. down. I feel like it's impossible to not look down. I was just looking at these pictures. Like, how do you? How do you not? Yeah, I definitely looked down a couple of times. I will say this, dude. My legs were shaking at certain points, man. Uh, Carolyn saw it at one point. She goes, like, "You okay?" I go, "Yeah, it's fine." Whoa, whoa, whoa. So she Let's doesn't have that moving. fear. She doesn't have that fear. Okay. Um, oh, let me send you a photo of a traffic jam on this. 
and you can also see people just in various states of weird hiking clothes. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, we make it all the way to the top and um, the views are undeniably like top billing, I'll say. It is worth the price of admission. If we ever go out there, I will do this hike again with you. Um, uh, count me out. <laughs> I mean, we can do it to like the scout's to landing the, yeah, part. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I definitely do not recommend doing it with kids. Nobody did it with like children. Children. Somebody did it with like a younger child, but that child's probably like, ten or twelve. Um, but even that kid like crapped out at a certain point and like didn't want to keep going. Yeah. But uh, it was a four-hour hike in total, including stops, including breaks up the mountain down the mountain this is a hike you want to do as early in the day as possible why weather's cool right um and there's just a lot less people you want to be one of the first people up this mountain because i'm telling you when we started coming down we hit that massive traffic jam and when i got back to the bottom of scott's landing i saw a line maybe like 50 deep waiting to start this thing there are no rangers on this part of the trail you are working with each other and strangers to because at one point there was somebody that like uh i was watching that was helping me get down by saying he would be yelling down the, the mountain he'd be like, hey you black black hat blue shirt yeah you do you mind stopping for a second we got about 30 people we gotta come down so he was like the, the shepherd right right we'd be going down we'd be going on and at a certain point him and like 10 people who were just faster than carolyn and i made it past us and so at a certain point i who was like the next person in line had to shepherd the 30 people behind me and so I'm standing there thinking, all right, well, we've been told to stop so this other group can come up. But uh, I got to start yelling, hey, you, gray hat, sunglasses. Yeah, you. Are you the last one in the group? Yeah, you. You are? Do you mind telling the people behind you to stop? We got a group of 30 that we got to have, you know, come down the mountain. You got, you can keep coming up. Yeah, you, you, you keep coming up, but we got to, we got to get past. And so it's, uh, it was nuts, but I'm telling you, man, insane views worth it now Carolyn doesn't have a fear of heights she just didn't know what her ability was to hike because she hadn't done a lot of hiking like in her life right. um but once you start telling people like hiking is just walking outside you know um there's just different levels of hiking but hiking itself i think it's almost like just walking outside but then when you start to talk about bouldering and scrambling i think that's like when hiking becomes a little bit more intense than it needs to be um otherwise like man there are, po- there are points, dude, I swear to you. It's like mad narrow, right? And right. you just gotta, dude, you just gotta keep eyes glued to your feet. Because I would like peek out and you, you know, it's like the, uh, you almost get those uh, cartoon lines, you know, like car- cartoon characters are, are cold and the lines are vibrating around them. Dude, my legs yeah. were shaking, dude. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, no i no shame would crab walk on like flat areas where other people are walking because like once you get to the top of angel's landing it's not completely flat dude it's like got like this maybe like a three or four percent angle to it and so your feet aren't completely level when you're walking and man even just talking about it right now my hand my palms are sweaty um but uh so yeah anyways we that was our last day we ate we ate at the same restaurant after uh for dinner we actually there's a really famous drive uh because uh there's a highway 
there's a scenic drive through uh, Zion, so a couple of switchbacks, you see some weird things. And then um, there's a tunnel, there's a really dark tunnel that you drive through that enters or exits the, uh, the park, I think, from either the north side or the west side. Uh, we always came in from, this, I think, the east side or whatever. And you can drive on the Bryce, Bryce National Park, right? So we did that drive, it was really cool. I got a great video on uh, on Carolyn's phone. You'll, you've probably seen this video on Reddit a couple times. People every once in a while post this video, it gets like 60,000 likes or whatever. Um, and then the next day, that was it. Like that was our final full day. We had a 12.30 p.m. flight out, so we woke up stupid early. We, uh, we had to return the car by 10 a.m. So we were driving, Carolyn drove on the way back. She was sort of like, she was like driving 90 at certain points even though she was driving 90. That's how like smooth this car is, right? Um, dropped the car off, took the, uh, the bus into the main terminal, global entry, you know, TSA PreCheck is a gift from our government. Um, sat in a lounge. Oh, we played the slots at the airport. That's how you know uh, how much of a degenerate we were. Uh, we probably burned through like 30 bucks in like three minutes wow. or four minutes. It was that's awesome. Fast. Oh my I mean, God. We, I gave I, her, I, we, we played a 25 cent slot. Uh, yeah. I put $6 in that machine. Because I, I said, I told Carolyn, I I took out 20 bucks, uh, 200 bucks. I took out 200 bucks in cash for this trip just in case we needed to pay for cash in certain places. Right. I'm coming home with like 180 or $160 in cash. I am ready to blow all that money at the airport. Right. Because <laughs> in my mind, in my mind, that money's spent, dude. Right? Yeah. That was allocated as part of the budget. Right. So $6 into the first 20 because she had never played slots before. So I was like, all right, let me tell you how slots work. You got to pay per line. You got to do, there's like a certain thing called single bet, max bet. At the 25 cent one, the max bet was 75 cents. Three lines. You play slots, right? Nope, never. Never? You ain't never played slots before? Never. Yeah, never. Oh, man. We got to go play slots sometime. Um, I've, ne- I've never gambled before. I've never even bought a lottery ticket. Well, good for you. Good wait, for wait, you. wait. I forgot. I forgot. I bought some scratch offs when I was in high school one time. We turned 18. Uh, oh, that's just a deal. I don't, I don't know why. Right? We, 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 we spent like $20 and we, we got back $20. We we literally didn't. So uh, I don't, you, you remember Mike Morrell? Yeah. Yeah. So it was me, Mike Morrell. And I want to say Yaron was there, but I might be wrong. Shout out to Mike Morrell. Hope you're doing well. Yeah. I haven't talked to him in years. Um, I'm going to so link, we, do some LinkedIn on him. <laughs> we, um, we, we were, and, and Justin Avery, we were at like the Gennardi's over near, near uh, oh, Unionville. Out on, out on Route 1. Uh, and by that, by that, um, cause, cause Justin worked there. And I think we were, we were like waiting for Justin to get off of work or something like that. And we just, we, we bought a few scratch offs and got, you know, Paid for like a two dollar one, won four dollars. Paid for like a five dollar one, lost that. Paid for like a dollar one, one two. You know, just did that a few times. So yeah, that's that's the only game I've ever done. Oh wow, I know I know what uh, Mike Morales doing. Honest. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh. So, six bucks into a uh, twenty-five cent machine. I told her about single bet, max bet. You actually pay per line. Paying per line meaning. The different winning combinations are allowed. This machine, the 25 cent one, had three lines, and the max bet was 75 cents. She hit that twice. I was like, all right, this is how you, this is how you kill a lot of money. Okay. Um, turn around. She was like, I want to play this other machine. Minimum bet's $5. I was like, okay, let's do that. Um, 
put a 20 in there and go, all right, don't hit max bet. Because if you hit max bet, it's a $15 bet. And we only get to play once, right? We're technically twice. <laughs> um, so she played it once, and then she won two dollars. And I was like, "Oh, this is annoying. This is how they. This is how these machines get you. You know, they don't. Yeah, they don't right. give pay you a lot of money, but like if you bet twenty five cents, yep. they pay you five cents. Right. Make it feel like you're winning. Uh, but what's cool about all the uh, the slots is you can. We played until we only had the two dollars left, right? And two dollars yeah. is less than the minimum play. So you just print out a voucher, dude. And the voucher has a barcode on. You take that barcode. You, you basically take it's almost like a receipt right at the arcade you you play that receipt as if it was a ticket somewhere else and then we took that two dollars and played at like a 25 cent thing and we played for a little bit and we were done um i always used to make fun of people who play slots at the airport because like this is how you know you're a true degenerate you couldn't leave the action behind you yeah but having played at the airport i will say this it is a much more interesting time playing a slot machine with real money than just being on your phone trying to harass the like the the Wi-Fi that a thousand people are on. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Um, now the last part of the story I want to tell you about is the plane. Now when we flew out, we flew out on Delta. We flew back in as well. Uh, what's interesting is we upgraded from economy to like economy plus, right? Delta's version of that is Comfort Plus. Okay. And so we did that because there was a lot more empty seats up there. It was only like a couple, I think it was only like 86 bucks each. So like 160 bucks total each way. But we had enough points from that one time we flew to Paris, remember, where we, there was only four of us on the way back because of all the engine trouble. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they like, I got paid to fly back. Uh, that was one of those rare <laughs> trips where I got all my money back and they paid me money based on the, like the EU's like uh, consumer protection shit. So yeah. I got all these points. I got like 30,000 points. I'm like, oh, I might as well start using this. Um, and uh, so, you know, I upgraded us one way. Caroline upgraded us the other way. On the way out, super smooth, right? Everyone knows how to board an airplane, anything. On the way back from Vegas back to JFK, great thing about Comfort Plus is you board. So it's like, you know, you got the pre, because you've been on an airplane recently, right? And you're going to be on yeah. a plane soon. You yeah. understand it's like... I'll literally be on a plane in two days. Yeah, you get it. First part is this. It's like you are uh, pre-boarding for anyone that needs more time, right? Uh, yep. Young kids, disability, whatever. That's first. Uh, and then it's... Uh, with Delta, it's like first class, diamond medallion, or, or gold or something. Like they're, they're, they're top tier, like, hey, you're part of our clubs program, right? Right. And then it's Comfort Plus. And then it's Economy, but they do it from the back to the front. So that's how it seems that they're doing the uh, the onboarding of the plane. So if you're in Comfort Plus, like, you know how like, you might have to, like, check into your flight just when you can check in to be part of, like, that first group of Economy going on? Yep. Doesn't really affect us in, in Comfort Plus. So I was like, oh, that's also great. You don't have to worry about that. Don't have to fight all these people for, like, cabin space and, like, oh, you... You want to put you know you want to put your bags here up in the front, but you're sitting all the way back, so you're like you know, holding us up and whatever. So, like I said, flight out to Vegas, super smooth. Everyone's on their best behavior. Nobody says anything. On the way back, my guy. Here we go. Let me tell you all the nonsense that happened while we were waiting to take off. Right. 
So what does this mean? It's like we sit in our uh, seat in Comfort Plus. There is a woman in front of me right before I sit down. She's also in Comfort Plus. Her carry-on's too big. What does that mean? Well, she didn't get security tagged at the at the gate. She didn't get gate checked, right? So yeah. they allowed her on, but like it was, she had clearly stuffed too much stuff in the outer pocket. So it was almost like oblong in the shape, and she's just trying to push this thing into the uh, overhead cabin, uh, and it's just not working. And other people are like, hey, ma'am, you you got to take stuff out because she's holding up the line, dude. I'm standing right. there right behind her. Carolyn's standing right behind me. Like, everyone's, like, waiting to board this thing. But she's like, oh, let me take something else. She takes the book out. Tries it. She took one thing at a time, zipped it up, pushed it back in. Didn't fit. Takes the bag back down. Takes another single item out. Zips the item back in. Tries. I was like, you have to understand, like, at a certain point, you got to take the L. You just got to take everything out and, like, and, and, and just, like, force stuff in. She finally – and she's, like, doing all this stuff while she's, like – her body is in the aisle because there's somebody else in her row. So there's nowhere for her to do this, but literally block the aisle. So like, all right, this is like probably a really, it might've been only like two minutes or three minutes, but like in my head, I've already died a thousand deaths and <laughs> she's put it away. I'm literally in the row behind her. So I get my carry on up. No problem. I get Carolyn's carry on up. No problem. I sit in the window because you know I don't like to get up on airplanes. She gets the aisle. And we're yep. like, we're set, ready. Kylan's starting to pass out, whatever. There is then this Asian dude gets on the plane. My man's carry-on bag, dude, had already been, had the gate check tag on it. <laughs> and he's walking on, and the, and God bless <laughs> the, uh, the Delta... Uh, people on this flight flight attendants right and sassing everybody on this flight they don't give a fuck dude these people are based out of new york they don't they don't they're give sick, of, they're, sick of they're, they're sick, sick of people they're sick of people man yeah yeah after a year of people year not flying around and everything yet, all of a sudden they got to deal with crowds and these people yeah. don't know what they're doing young asian dude holding a starbucks walking on he goes uh, Delta agent goes, uh, sir, your gate's got a, your, I mean, your bag's got a gate check sticker on it or like a, the thing on it. You can't be bringing that on here. He goes, no, 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 no. This is what I want to do. I want to put this in the back. He goes, no, sir, you're not doing that. He goes, no, 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 I do this all the time. He goes, no, sir, you're not doing that on this flight. There ain't no room back there. He goes, no, I don't think you understand. I am going to put my bag not in the overhead compartment. I'm going to put it in the back of the plane. And he and then the flight goes, no, sure. I don't think you understand. There what ain't a- no space for the bag. So the agent dude starts to get all like huffy about this, and he goes, "So what? You want me to turn around with all these people?" And I was like, "Dude, present in that moment, I would slap this dude and be like, where do you get the nerve? Where do you get off with this dude? Right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I expect you to get off this plane." Because you goofed and you gotta take the L. I think more people exactly. might need to take L's more. You know oh what I mean? my god! Oh, you mean like those people who realize that they need an exit, and that concrete barrier is quickly approaching, and there's a line of traffic uh, trying to exit, and then they just slap, slam the brakes on, and oh, try yeah. to muscle the way over. Uh, love those people, dude. Love them. 
Um, so this dude just like, he goes, well, I'm not doing it. You're, he goes, can you take this for me? And then flight attendant goes, sure, I will take it. And then the dude just like brusquely walked to the back. I was like, I don't know who you what think a, you are, dude. Your, your last name's not Delta, right? Like, <laughs> you, you don't own the company. You can't act like this, dude. You're giving all of us a bad name. Why don't you sit your ass down and just, you know, be good about this? So that was one guy, uh, which happened to be the second person that you just gave me a hydrodermis. Third dude shows up, right? Third dude, white dude on the phone saying to his friend, nah, dude, you're not on the same flight as me. You're on the other flight. Nah, dude, I can't get fast. I can't get there fast than you. Your plane's going to take off earlier than mine. Well, the only way I'm going to get there is if I hijack the plane. Oh, you mother. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you couldn't say that stuff on an airplane, dude. In 2021. You haven't been able to say that kind of stuff on a plane. I don't even want to say just in 20 years. I don't think you're really... That was that was a cool thing to say anyway. Let me say this, Reza. If you said that, I would never have heard from you ever again. Nope. But I can bet you know what this guy looked like. For him to be confident enough to say that full conversation. He wasn't even like, dude, no, man. You know, or, you got a different flight. He wasn't whispering. <laughs> He was full-throated. Nah, dude, right. the only way I'm going to get there faster is if I hijack the plane. Enunciated clear as day. I'm looking at this dude like, yo, where's Homeland Security for all these homegrown people that I got to right. read about on CNN shooting everybody up? Do I got to right. worry about you now? You know what I mean? I ain't got to worry about all these other people you trying to force me to be scared of. I think I should be more afraid of you, dude. You have made your intentions clear. Oh, uh, no, but I'm joking. Oh, you can joke on airplanes now about this? So so I can't say bomb on an airplane, but you can say hijack this plane? Like, what? what? Yep. You can play that game? Third dude. That's the third dude. All right. So you know I'm already I'm already, I've already lost it. I'm ready to be angry. <laughs> I love how you, I love how you're at, at how from your perspective it's almost like you were working the plane. Like you were <laughs> almost as if you were the flight attendant. Like you <laughs> like you're you're progressively getting more and more agitated with people as if you were you were the one interacting with them. You were just sitting there. <laughs> I'm sick of everybody's shit, man. Yeah, I'm sick man. Everybody's shit. All right, third third person. That was a third person. Fourth person. Family comes on. It's a husband, a wife, two, I want to say like high school girls. Their okay. seats got updated. Okay. Sir, where are you sitting? This is what the flight attendant says. Sir, where are you sitting? Well, they, you know, I'm sitting in this area, but in Comfort Plus, but they just changed our seats. Sir, I'm going to need to see your updated ticket. So that I can point you to where you need to go. Well, I they just updated at the gate. I don't have... Sir, if you just show me the ticket that they had to have given you. Either on your phone, which has been updated. Or a paper ticket, I can show you where to go. And he doesn't have it. His wife is like somehow been separated from him. So she's like yelling across other people. And mm-hmm. then they're like, alright, well we're, we're sitting up here in the 20s. But all the overhead cabins are full. So what do we do? It's like, well, sir, there's, you need to stop opening the overhead cat, like the compartments. If they're closed, like we've been saying, they're full. They're full. Yeah. I need you to stop opening them. You can see the open ones in the back. So, so, so I'm not going to be close to my bags. No, sir. It's a full flight. You got to put your bags where it's open. But I'm sitting up here, sir. 
there are no open overhead compartments up here. You gotta put your bags in the back. Like, people want it the one way. We keep going back to this. You want it the one way, but it's the other way. Right? And so that was another family. That was the fourth family. Fifth family. Korean family. The patriarch of the family. Old, uh, old dude. Probably grandpa. Big dude. Not like Jack, but like fat. You know what? What's the rule about masks on airplanes, Raza? You gotta wear them, right? <laughs> yeah. This dude had full-on chin diaper going on. <laughs> My man, come on. Like, you, you can't say that I don't speak the language. Like, if you see everybody wearing a mask, I need you to wear the mask. People he, are so... He keeps, he keeps pulling it down. He keeps disregarding... Because I guess he doesn't speak English. So he keeps... He comes through. He starts opening every single compartment. <laughs> Reza, we. This is not just this is the us. Most, this is the most complicated boarding process I've ever heard in my entire life. And they told us at the gate before boarding that the plane was actually going to be done early and that the weather had favorable conditions for us to get to our destination faster. So I'm like, oh my God, I want to maximize this. And everyone who's boarding the plane, right, is killing the head start that we were granted by God. Alright, yeah. so now it's an affront to God. And so this this, this yeah, old God really Korean, needs to hijack the plane. Exactly, right? Korean grandpa with the chin diaper opening up overhead compartments and the flight attendants are saying, Sir, please stop <laughs> opening and then the He's like, huh? Yeah, right. Somebody in his family sassed him back and said, Okay, we get it. It's like, no, you don't get it. You gotta let your family member know, who clearly isn't able to communicate, that you shouldn't be doing this. Like, if there's a language barrier, there's a language barrier, totally get it. But if you're translating and the flight attendant is telling you, Sir, please stop opening closed overhead compartment doors, you your first reaction should not be to sass them back. You gotta take the L and just be like, yo, listen, my bad. Let me tell him he doesn't understand English. That's like, everyone's good, right? She doesn't know that you don't speak English, but if you know and you can speak both languages, just yeah. do your duty, man. Don't sass him back. And he, she just like, fine, we get it. Didn't say anything in Korean. Dude just kept walking. So now we got like three <laughs> overhead compartments that are open. Was he opening them and leaving them open? Yeah. Dude, the nerve of people nowadays. I swear. Dude, I, I know I sound like I'm yeah. working on I'm working this flight. The last the last person. This hold on, this sounds like like uh never mind. So, go ahead. The last person sitting next to Carolyn in the aisle across is on the phone. Alright. You can be on the phone. It's fine. People call while bored yeah. all the time. Plane is now moving. Right, you should probably be off your phone. The woman yeah. decides that not only should her phone call be on speakerphone, dude. Really? Her phone call is on speakerphone. She has taken her mask off to talk more clearly into the phone. Mm-mm-mm. What am I supposed to do? Can I, like, throw my water bottle at this person and be like... You gotta, you gotta close your eyes and go to sleep. 
Oh my god. I gotta close my eyes and go to sleep and just breathe into my sweet, sweet mask and hope that the vaccination antibodies, right, mm-hmm. are protecting me from her viral droplets that she is speaking into the recycled air on the airplane. It's Omaha Beach out there, dude. So the flight attendant comes over and goes, ma'am, you need to get off the phone. We are taxiing. I also need you to keep your mask on. She now, didn't take well to that, did she? She did not take well to that. She passed <laughs> A lot of sass on this plane. Right? Everyone thinks they can do, can't do you what see, they want. Can't you see I'm talking to my friend? Yeah, right. Here's the thing. <laughs> I was told that like the highest ranking me- – like once the plane disengages from the uh, – the connector thing. Uh, what is that thing called? Um, there's like a, there's uh, a, the was the air tram or whatever. Yeah, the walkway, right? Um, yeah. Once it disengages, I feel like the pilot is the highest ranking member on board, and he has essentially deputized the flight attendants to be like whatever they say goes. Like I was always, I was raised and brought up in a way to believe that like when you're on an airplane you're in public you're on your best behavior you say please you say thank you you stay out of their way you're nice to the flight attendants they're doing a job to make you comfortable right everyone should be on the same page but nowadays everyone feels like oh just because you're flying that somehow these people are servants to you and that's not how shit works same thing at a restaurant waitresses busboys they're not your servant they're doing a job yeah. And I think people get that mixed up all the time. There is no manager. You're not going to get better service. Take the L before you lose your job. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. my gosh. 100%. Horrific, dude. Horrific. People That's terrible. It, I, I, I just, I sincerely hope people have just forgotten how to act around other people. And that, uh, that was just like a, a one-off you know as people get a little bit more accustomed to being around others they improve their behavior because that's just it's not it wasn't just one not two i mean you wouldn't have told me the story if any one of those situations happened right if it was only one thing yeah but it's like five different people yeah Yeah. um yeah i mean on my my flight was very uneventful good Um, you won an uneventful flight yeah we're we're flying um, on Saturday, and we come back on Wednesday. I'm hoping that's also uneventful. Yeah. Where but are you flying to? Chicago. Nice. When is the flight? Yeah. On uh, is it early morning? You said it's early morning on on Saturday, and then what, uh, what are you flying? Fly back. Uh, United. That's their okay. like, main. That's their that's their hub. So yeah, United, and yeah, uh, looking at looking at homes, checking out the neighborhoods. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my uh id badge for work so i'm gonna go into the office on on either tuesday or wednesday uh meet my boss <laughs> so and, and meet a couple other people if they're around um yeah look, looking forward to it it's uh it's weird it's really weird i think being in this being in this position like like the, the position being the 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 job or the, in this role and having been doing it for the, over two months now and actually never have physically met any of these people or actually been into the office where i'll be where i will be working um my one of my one of my um one of my co-workers he we actually were we were in grad school together we worked in the same lab he he also works there and he uh he only worked there for about a month 
before the lockdown orders came, went to place. So he he himself actually like despite having worked have, having been working there for a year and a half almost, he's only really worked in in the office physically for about a month. I think that's kind of nuts. Wow. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be our uh, our first time away from Gordon uh, like this. In, That'll be good in, though. Since, That'll since be good. It was like, uh, I don't know, four months old. I guess I'm a little nervous about having you know his his uh, his grandma having to having to watch because it's a long weekend, right? So daycare closes closes early tomorrow, so we have yeah. to bring him home by twelve thirty, and then, like I said, we're leaving early Saturday morning. So. She's gonna be with him all day Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Now, they're uh, like his his grandpa's gonna come over and uh, try to help out a little bit. Um, there are a couple people here and there that that may come over, but yeah, for the, you know, it, Gordon, he's he's been extreme. He's been really uh, he's been something else this, this last couple of weeks. Like I, I was telling you, I've told you this before, but he's been waking up like at four, between four and five, five thirty most days like today was 5 30 but it's really between like four and five most days for the last about two weeks now and he's also been going to bed later and later so like tonight i left his room at 8 p.m so he's really only going to sleep for about eight hours total and he's a he's a baby like dude you gotta you, you should be sleeping for like 12 hours i don't know what's going on with you <laughs> so the amount of time the amount of hours that i've been getting to sleep each night over the last couple of weeks has been pretty it's been pretty abysmal like most, I looked at my uh my because uh, I wear I wear my um I have a what is it the, the Galaxy Watch, whatever, and it tracks your sleep. And I looked at my my sleep for the last like week, and it's like oh you met your you you like got the appropriate amount of sleep one day out of the last seven days. Right. And I, I'm actually not even sure what day that was where I got an you know a reasonable amount of sleep. Um, it must have been one of the days that Gordon, Lena got up with Gordon and just like took the monitor, and so I just was unaware, but. It's a uh, it's been a, it's been a rough stretch lately, so I'm a little worried about his uh, about my mother-in-law having to <laughs> having to watch him for so long. Do the but, days even yeah. make sense to you anymore? They the morning like yesterday morning I was dead. I was like I was absolutely dead. We were sitting on the couch and I just needed to sleep. I, I really just needed to fall asleep. Um, when when Lena came down. She, he she, he went over to her and I think he started eating and I just like I like fell asleep a little bit on the couch I'm just sitting there it's like 6 a.m I'm just passing out and uh I'm dry like so you know you know like when you're driving really late at night like if you if you had a really long drive and it's late and you're like feeling like yo I'm so tired right now mm-hmm. that's how that's how I was feeling when I was driving when it was about 7 a.m. <laughs> it's like it's early it's like you know this, this is the start of the day you shouldn't be this tired right now but i was uh i was definitely feeling really tired it actually it gets better it gets a lot better as the day goes on and like at like right now when, when we started the episode i was feeling really tired at this point it's 10 30 p.m and i feel much more awake now but um i don't know it'll it's only temporary but it sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i will say this enjoy this i'm sure you and lena will enjoy the time that you have that's just you again since it's been so long since you guys have yeah. been able to to do that um, yeah yep and it's like the home searching stuff like it's just it we lena and i were talking about it earlier it's just like one thing after another and it feels like we haven't really been able to 
It feels like we've just been like co-parenting, but we haven't really been like husband and wife, you know? Yeah. It's like we're we're both parents of Gordon, so we're doing things for him, and then we're both working, and we like hang out, like we'll like eat together in the same room, but we don't. We're like we're both so like exhausted or tired. We're not really like talking, so just it's it's felt weird uh, up until like the last few days. So. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a good trip. I know it's getting late. Uh, hopefully, we will have a great series of stories for you when you come back from Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope so. All right. Cool. Well, I'm Ressa. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you guys next week. Oh